Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Luke chapter 19, and we're talking about Jesus as he's coming into Jerusalem, and he has he uh, been traveling through Jericho, and he's healed a blind man. He's went to the home of a tax collector named Zacchaeus, and and brought salvation to the home of Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus repents and, and gives uh, the money back to the people four times as much as he has taken from the people, and and we see Jesus uh, kind of letting the crowd know because they had turned on Jesus because he was going to eat with the home of a tax collector, and they just were appalled. They could not believe that the Messiah was going to the home of such notorious sinner, and so Jesus turns to the crowd and he explains to them, look, you, you people are misunderstanding what's going on here. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. I'm, I'm not going to sit on the literal throne of David. My, uh, my, uh, your expectations are low. Mine are, mine are way much higher than what you people are, are thinking that I'm going to do. I'm dying for the sins of the world, for the sins of man. And I'm going to be sitting at the right hand of the Father on, on the throne in heaven and, and so he tells them the, the parable uh, of the nobleman, and the people didn't want to make him king. And 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 so he, he says, "Look, you, you know, y- y'all are just y- your perception, your uh, your expectations is wrong uh, of me." And uh, and that's going to show in a few days when he's hanging on the cross, and they're w- walking by and, and shaking their heads and and berating Jesus and the, and and telling him to come down off the cross if he really is the Messiah, if he really is the Son of God to save himself and 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 i mean the 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 two uh, people who are crucified with jesus are berating him uh the people are walking by because he's hung up there on a public display and they're berating him and the 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 priests are coming by and the uh the the religious leaders uh who uh uh, who had a beef with Jesus the whole time he was here? They're 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 saying, look, we we got you now, buddy. Won't you save yourself if you are who you say you are? They 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 just did not get it. They didn't understand uh, until Acts chapter two, when Peter preached that uh, first day of Pentecost, and he preached that sermon, and about three thousand people were added to the church by God. They they were baptized into the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the church, which is God's kingdom that has already been established, and not only has it already been established, but it's still going, and it's still growing. And, and, and people, God adds people to the church every day. There's people all around the world who are giving their life to Jesus Christ. And if you haven't, I pray that you do quickly before time runs out for you um and so today we're going to finish up uh luke 19 and 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 jesus has gone through jericho and he is going to enter jerusalem now and that's what we're uh we get to in verses 28 through 40 and this is how it reads after telling this story talking about the 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 parable of the nobleman to the crowd jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. And as he came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany 
on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them, and as you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. And so they went and they found the colt just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, uh, the owners asked him, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. And so they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. And as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and to sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, Rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And Jesus replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into tears. That'd be a cool sight to see, wouldn't it? But a question I ask is this. Is it a coincidence that Jesus needed a colt and, and, and he sends the disciples to get that colt? But before he did, he tells them, Hey, if anyone asks you, why are you untying that colt? Just say, The Lord needs it and it just so happens just like jesus said it would happen now they the the disciples go and they find the colt just as jesus said it would be there and sure enough the owners of the colt come out and say hey why are you in time my colt and and they said the lord needs it they didn't go into a deep discussion they didn't get into a theological uh dissertation they they just said what jesus said hey the lord needs it and the oh cool take it and they bring the colt this donkey to jesus a a, a colt that has never been ridden before it'd be wild but yet it was tame when the lord set upon it is this a coincidence absolutely not in fact it's a fulfillment of prophecy that is found in zechariah 9 9 in the old testament it says rejoice o people of zion shout in triumph o people of jerusalem look your king is coming to you he is righteous and victorious yet he is humble riding on a donkey riding on a donkey's colt i mean how detailed that is and they just didn't get it they're thinking earthly king see kings and mighty warriors, they, they rode these big stallions of horses, but not donkeys. Donkeys, they, they carry burdens. They're, they're, the, they're the work animal. They carry the workloads. Donkeys carry burdens. But see, Jesus, he, he's not a burden, but he was about to carry the burden of our sins on his shoulders. Because he knew he was about to be nailed to a cross. And that he would be uh, separated from the Father because of our sin. Not because of his sin, because he never sinned. But he became sin. So he knows what it's like to be separated from the fathers. He became sin. He became that sacrificial lamb that was sacrificed. So that his blood could wash away our sins. And we could be reconciled. That we could be made friends again with God through his precious Blood And so Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem, just as Zechariah predicted in Zechariah 9.9. He comes riding into Jerusalem on this donkey, and he's praised as an earthly king 
would be. The people put their garments out on the, uh, uh, they put the garments on the donkey for Jesus to sit on, and then they take their garments and they laid them on the ground for the donkey uh, to walk on, as if you know the donkey feet were going to get muddy or something. But 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 it's it's a, it's a, a sign of royalty. We we we're making you our king. We are honoring you. We are praising you. We're you know you are the king. And and then as as he started to uh, go down the road, the people begin to shout out blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. King? King of what? And we just covered this in the last podcast. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to it, of uh, Luke 19 part 2, listen to it. Because talk about how the kingdom is not an earthly kingdom as the people expected. It, it's a heavenly kingdom. It's, it's not of, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Because if it was of this world, these people would rescue me. But it's not of this world. Um, It's not an earthly kingdom that the people were looking for, but a heavenly kingdom. But watch this. As Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, and these people are making a scene with their garments and they're shouting, it catches the attention of some of the Pharisees that are nearby, the, the religious leaders, the ones who... Or they've been planning, they've been plotting to kill Jesus for quite some time now. They hated this guy. They've tried to stone him several times and Jesus would get away from him. And, 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 and they don't like what they're seeing and they definitely don't like what they're hearing. And so they tell Jesus, say, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And Jesus replies, hey, if, the, if, the, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. Now, can you imagine seeing a rock just start singing praises? To God, because a rock is dormant. It's just laying there. It's a rock. I mean, I, like I, I said in previous podcasts, you walk outside my front door, and there's a huge mountain to the left. And that's all you see is this big, huge rock. I, I could not have because when you're in the mountains, things are louder. Things Like when it thunders and it shakes your house, and the, the thunder just sounds completely different when you're in the mountains, and it's so much louder, and it just rolls on forever. I could not imagine that mountain over there just start singing the praises of God. I'm sure it would be beautiful, but you know what it's going to do? It would freak the crap out of me. I, I would go run and hide or something because I'm like, what in the world is going on? And, and Jesus said, hey, if, if these people keep quiet, the rocks that are along this road would sing my praises. So regardless, uh, the, the, the praises would be sung. And Jesus says, hey, the people are singing my praises. And I'm not going to tell them to be quiet. So typical Pharisees, they're they're still rejecting the very Messiah that they've been looking for for a long time. And by the end of the week, when Jesus comes rolling into Jerusalem on this donkey, uh, by the end of the week, these Pharisees are going to get what they've been desiring all along, that they would have Jesus killed. And despite the shouts and the praises and being treated like a king, Jesus' heart, as he's coming into Jerusalem, it was focused on the people. And that, that is just, that's what is so amazing about Jesus. He, he knew what he was about to face. He knew that the people would, would reject him. And yet, just out of pure love, he, he was focused on the people, the Jews at Jerusalem. And, 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 and it just absolutely broke his heart. Uh, I believe more than than the cross is he was coming in Jerusalem 
But he, because he, he says in, in verses 41 through 44, as he came closer to Jerusalem and he saw the city ahead, he began to weep. And he says, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late. It's too late for you. The pe- and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. And we'll talk about this in just a few minutes. He says, your enemy is going to crush you to the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you how sad jesus was as he was coming in jerusalem and he says i I, i've been around for three to three and a half years pleading for you to quit rejecting me to accept me as your messiah the prophets have talked about me for hundreds of years they've written over 300 prophecies about me you should be able to see this but you you can't and you continue, you keep rejecting me, and now it's too late. And the enemy who you think I'm going to be delivering you from is going to come in and crush you like uh, uh, a rock into powder. There, there's not going to be a single stone left in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. That, 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 that's a sad, sad verse. The, the people, God's chosen people, the Jews, with all the, the prophecies and, and, and the word of God and all the promises from the Old Testament and all the history they have with God, they, they did not recognize when God visited them. And we see this all through the Old Testament. They, I mean, when God brought them out of Egypt, it was obvious that you know God was leading them by a cloud by day and a fire by night, and they just continued to to, to uh, reject God. And Moses would get frustrated with the people, and he would go off on the people, and he would you know, you know, just get so angry with the people because they would just continue to re- reject God over and over again. And in, in Judges two ten, it says that they're, they they they've gotten so bad they 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 uh, they have forgotten all about God. In his, in his promises, in his ways, in his word. And they begin to live the way they wanted to live until we see, uh, you know, God starts sending these prophets into them and warning them and warning them and warning them. This is going to happen if, if you don't repent, if you don't turn back to me. And, and, and uh, I believe it's Second Chronicles 36. It says, there was no remedy. They would not listen to the prophets. They would not listen to God. And, 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 and God said there was no remedy. And so he allowed... Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians to come in and literally wipe uh, wipe Israel off the face of the earth and, and, and there was just a little remnant left and, and, and Jesus would come many years later, hundreds of years later from that little remnant that, that was left uh, behind uh, and, and just like in the Old Testament they didn't listen and they kept rejecting God here it is, and the same thing going on in the New Testament. The Jews rejected Jesus. They crucified him. And that's what Peter says in Acts chapter 2 on his, in his sermon on the day of Pentecost. He says, hey, you have killed the very Messiah you were looking for. You nailed him to the cross. You are guilty. And they said, oh, man, what do we got to do? And he says, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus, the one you killed and the one you rejected. You, be, you repent of your sins and be baptized in his name. And your sins will be forgiven and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And about 3,000 people were obedient. And they were baptized and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the church began and it's still going. But you know what? Even today, people 
hear the message of Jesus. They, they hear about God and they say, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And they continue to live their own life, to do their own thing, and they continue to reject the message of God. They continue to reject the message of Jesus, just like they did in the Old Testament, just like they did in the New Testament. They still do it today. I don't want any part of that. And one day God's going to say, hey, it's too late. It's too late. The end is here. And Jesus is telling Jerusalem as he's coming into the city and he's crying, he's weeping, and his heart is broken. He says, how I wish today that all of you, all of you people would understand the way to peace. You see, Jesus is the prince of peace. And the only way to know real peace is to follow Jesus. Don't, don't reject Jesus like they did. Because destruction came. You can read from the history, I mean real history, uh, about the revolts of the Jews and how the Romans destroyed them, including destroying the temple where the Jews worshipped in A.D. 70. And that thing, you can get online and see pictures of it. You can go and visit it if you've got the money to do so and see the pile of rubble that lays around the Temple Mount. It was destroyed, it, just like Jesus said that it would happen in A.D. 70. So, you know, Jesus died when he was around 33 years old. So in less than 40 years, uh, well, yeah, about 40 years, I guess, depending on when they started the time, from his birth or from his death. But by A.D. 70, what Jesus says here to, as he was coming into Jerusalem, is gonna, uh, this prediction is going to come true. And uh, I, I took, a, uh, took this reading from uh, Wikipedia, but there's tons of other legit websites that you can get it from and read about it and study about it if, you, if you're interested in that. But it says, the siege of Jerusalem in the year of uh, 70 uh, AD was the decisive event of the first Jewish-Roman war in which the Roman army captured the city of Jerusalem and destroyed both the city and its temple. That thing was huge, too. The Roman army, led by the future emperor Titus, with Tiberius Julius Alexander as his second-in-command, besieged and conquered the city of Jerusalem, which had been controlled by Judean rebel for, uh, factions since 66 AD. Following the Jerusalem riots of 66, when the Judean provincial government was formed in Jerusalem, the siege of the city began on 14th of April of 70 AD, three days before the beginning of Passover that year. The Jews enjoyed some minor victories, one high point being when sappers from Adiabin managed to tunnel under the city and set butamen fires in the tunnels, which collapsed the Roman siege engines falling into the crevices. The siege lasted for about five months. It ended in August 70 AD in, on Tisha Baev when the burning and destruction of the second temple. The Romans were entered, then entered and sacked the lower city, the Ark of Titus, Celebrating the Roman sack of Jerusalem and the temple still stands in Rome. The conquest of the city was complete on approximately September 8, 70 AD. Josephus, who is an historian, places the siege in the second year of Vespian, which corresponds to the year of 70 uh, AD, the common uh, of the common era. Uh, why? It, 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 you, you, just as Jesus predicted, hey, Jerusalem, I'm crying over you. If you would have just listened and not rejected the one who could bring you peace, you could have peace, but now it's too late. And this is going to happen to you. And, and, and it happens, just as Jesus said. And we can go back in 
literal history and read and even see pictures today that it's still the destruction is still there. Why do people continue to not believe? Why do they continue to reject Jesus who gives real true peace? It's it it I just I don't I don't understand why they cannot see. But people continue to reject Jesus who is the way to peace. And when we do reject Jesus, just like Jesus told Jerusalem, it leads to turmoil. It leads to destruction. The Jews rejected the very Messiah they've been looking for for hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds of years. And and, and, and you can research this stuff for yourself, but you can see, uh, like I said, well, you see pics of the, the destruction. And what's amazing to me is that even Jews today, many Jews today, continue to reject Jesus and they're still looking for the for the Messiah they're still they're still looking for him and yet he, he's already come he walked among them and yet they continue to to look for a Messiah but I want to repeat the words of Jesus to Jerusalem as he's and he speaks these words the tears are just rolling down his cheeks and he says your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you and I, I just want to scream out Open your eyes, people. Recognize Jesus for who he is, the Messiah, the Christ, the one who died for our sins, my sins, and your sins, so that we could have a way to be forgiven and be in good standing with God and live with God in heaven for eternity. Why would anybody reject such an offer to have their sins forgiven and to be in a place of perfection and have, I mean, heaven is just indescribable. It's something that's way beyond our imagination. It's so good. And God is so good and he's so loving. Why would anybody reject his love? Why would anybody reject his peace? A peace that surpasses all understanding. But we do it every day. I don't, I don't get it. And Luke 19 is going to end with Jesus going to the temple. And he's, and he's wreaking havoc on the people. It says, Jesus entered the temple and he began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices. And he says to them, The scriptures declare my temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And after that, he taught daily in the temple. But the leading priests and the teachers of religious law and the other leaders of the people began planning on how to kill him. They couldn't think of nothing because all the people hung on to every word that he said. So these religious people, the religious leaders, they had turned the temple who you're going there to worship God. They have turned worship into a money-making scheme. They know you're going to come to make these sacrifices. So uh, why not take these animals, these perfect animals, because it had to be a perfect animal without defect to be made as a sacrifice. And hey, it, they love money. We've, Jesus already established the fact to his disciples that the Pharisees loved money. And, and, and so why not? use this opportunity to make more money for ourselves right and 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 that's what's going on here it's 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 near time for the passover uh it's soon going to be pentecost and they knew that people were going to be coming from all over the known world to to make sacrifices and offer their first fruits to god so how convenient that we just set up shop here in the temple where they could buy their sacrifice and hey while you're here you can just offer it to right here on the spot it's it's convenience but it's a way that they can make money. 
That's what they cared about. And Jesus said, I ain't have no part of this. And, and he's going to let them have it. And listen to uh, uh, John's account of this, of this story in John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. It says, In the temple courts he found men selling cattle and sheep and doves and money changers seated at their tables. And so he, he made a whip out of cords and drove uh, all he drove all from the temple courts both sheep and cattle he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables he, this dude he's hot jesus is mad and to those selling doves he said get these out of here how dare you turn my father's house into a marketplace in other words you know their heart ain't right their, their heart's looking for money not for sacrifice and they ought to be giving these sacrifices away to the people who are coming to make these sacrifices so he gets angry he makes he literally takes time to go and make a whip and he comes back to the temple and he starts whooping tail man he 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 starts clearing house and he didn't run and hide after doing so he comes back to the temple every day to teach the people who were willing to listen and that tells me this, that Jesus was not a coward. He was, he was definitely not a wimp. He was strong, and he knew no fear. But this would be confusing to the people because when, and I talked about this in the last podcast, when he was hanging from the cross, they, they would come by and just say, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you really are who you say you are. You know, we know that you've worked miracle after miracle after miracle we know that you've raised the dead we we've seen lazarus walking around but hey we're not going to believe you unless you come off the cross save yourself then we'll believe you i still don't think they they would have believed but uh they they wanted jesus to prove that he is who he says he is but he doesn't because it was god's plan for him to die for our sins and we've talked about that in the previous podcast but look at the ones who didn't care to listen to jesus's teaching it says the leading priests the teachers of religious law the ones who knew their bible they they, they didn't want to have anything to do with jesus the leading priests the teachers of the religious law and the other re- leaders uh, the other leaders of the people began planning on how to kill him they wanted him dead they've been trying to stone him to death for two or three years now they're plotting. They got him in Jerusalem now, so they can corner him and they can they they can kill him somehow. And they're going to try to scheme up a way to do it, but they couldn't think of nothing because all the people hung on every word he said. So these people who knew the law, they knew what the prophet said concerning the Messiah. Here is God in the flesh standing right before their very eyes, and all they can do is say, "Hey, I want to kill this guy. I want to come up with a plan to kill God because I don't believe he is God." I mean, these religious people, they hated Jesus with a passion. And the whole time they hated him, all Jesus had for them was love and compassion and mercy and to offer them grace and peace. And the people that were there listening who wanted to hear what Jesus was teaching in the temple, they hung, they, Luke says they hung on to every word. They ate it up. They couldn't get enough of it. And and, and you hear, the, not in America. Uh, you don't see this very much in America. You know, we, we, preacher preaches 20, 30 minutes. That's it. You know, we, we're conditioned with commercials and everything else, and we can't pay attention for longer than 20, 30 minutes. You know, we got to get church over with and go home and, and, you know, and go to our, you know, do whatever we got to do. But if you go into uh, 
third world countries or go somewhere else where people are hungry, where, where they don't, you know, we have multiple copies of the Bible in our homes, seven to ten copies, I think, is the average number of Bibles that are in American homes. But you go into countries where they can't even get a copy of the Word of God or it's illegal to have a copy of the Bible. And if you do have a copy of the Bible, you can be put in jail, even killed for having a Bible. But if you go there, then the church is underground uh, uh, or in some places where the church isn't underground and they do have copies of the Bible, but they're so hungry They'll ask the preacher to preach, not for an hour, not for two hours, not for three hours, but all day long. And, and, and what happens is they're so hungry, they just sit and sit, and it's like 100, 100 degrees, and it's hot, there's no air conditioning, but yet those people just sit there all day long from the time the sun comes up to the time the sun goes down, and even longer, and they won't let the preacher quit. And you have to have multiple uh, preachers. They're just so hungry. They can't get enough of Jesus, and they want to hear about God and the Word of God. They're so hungry. And, and, and that's, that's the way it was when Jesus was going back to the temple, and he was teaching the people the ways of God, and, and, and they were listening intently to Jesus for hours upon hours upon hours, and they were just soaking it all in. But little did they know in just a few days that opportunity would be gone because Jesus would be dead. And these people would be really, literally freaking out uh, because they thought he was the one. They, they, they misunderstood. And we talked about that in the previous podcast. But I, I just want to say this before we go. Don't be like the religious leaders, even the priests who, they just refuse to listen to Jesus despite all these great things that Jesus did and, and these teachings that Jesus gave, they, they rejected Jesus. They rejected his teaching. They, 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 were, self, they, were, not self, they were jealous of Jesus because they wanted power and, and they wanted to be uh, in the spotlight. And, and here comes this ordinary looking dude and, and claiming that he's from God and, and he's trying to teach not in the authority of Moses like the religious leaders was, but he's being the authority and he's saying he's from God. And they, they, it, it, despite having all of the Old Testament to study, and they knew the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures like the back of their hand, and having over 300 prophecies about the Messiah that they would know and, and, and could see literally Jesus fulfilling all these prophecies, they rejected Jesus. And as Jesus was coming in Jerusalem, he, he's telling Jerusalem, oh, it's too late. You have rejected God. You have rejected peace, and now destruction is going to be coming upon you. And that's exactly what happens if we choose to reject Jesus. Destruction will come. You may live your whole life never giving your life to Jesus Christ, and, and, and you may have a lot of money, you may have a lot of stuff, you may be very successful in your job, you may have all these great things going on in your life, but what are you going to do when death comes knocking on your door and you take your last breath? All that stuff is going to be left behind. You cannot take it with you. And when you cross over from this life into eternity, where are you going to go? Because if you don't have the blood of Jesus Christ, you're going to be separated, from, uh, washing away your sins. If you don't have the blood of Jesus Christ washing away your sins, you are going to be rejected by God. He's going to say, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. I have no relationship with you. And, and you're going to be separated from God for eternity in hell. And you're going to be in torture and torment and destruction 
where the, the Bible says where the worm dies not. You're just going to be eating at you all the time for eternity, saying, why did I have the opportunity, but yet I rejected the very one who loved me enough to die on the cross for my sins. Why would I reject such love? Why would I reject his peace? Why would I reject reject his grace and his mercy and his compassion? Why? And you'll never have a second chance. But right now, if you're here under the sound of my voice, you have a chance. Don't reject peace. Don't reject Jesus, who loved you enough to die on the cross for your sins. Just give him your life today. Be obedient to what he says. On the day of Pentecost, when, when, when Peter preached that sermon, and, and, and he says, hey, you are the very ones who crucified Jesus. Your sins nailed him to the cross. And they said, oh my goodness. They, they were convicted. They realized they had made a big, huge mistake. And they said, what do we got to do to correct us? What, what do we got to do? Just tell us. And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is unto you and your children and all that are far off. And that is us today. We are all those that are far off. And the message has not changed. Jesus is still offering salvation. The, 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 the gospel message is still being sent. Are you going to choose to reject Jesus? Or are you going to choose to accept Jesus? And if you need help in making that decision, please contact me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and I will help you in any possible way that I can. I will answer any question that you have. And if, and if I can't answer it, I'll find somebody that can. And if you're not in my area, I'll find somebody that is in your area and send them to you to get you the help that you need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If I can pray with you in any kind of way, uh, please send me those prayer requests to that same email at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com and we will pray for your needs and your situations. But if you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you do have the, the peace that God gives, I pray and I pray and I pray that you are sharing that message with others who need that same peace and that same salvation that you have. God bless you today. Thank you for listening to the Grounded Podcast. Thank you for sharing the Grounded Podcast with your friends and your family and your co-workers. Because when you share the Grounded Podcast, you're sharing Jesus. And you'll be blessed for doing so. God bless you and keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grounded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.